What is up, everybody? I'm Garrett the Trash Man Larson. This is take two. Maybe we will put in some snidbits of take one because uh, it was pretty epic. It got interesting. Titan dropped some knowledge and then dropped the mic. Yes, yes, he did. And trashed the room. Mm-hmm. Uh, made us do some fun moves. Chasing uh, oh, him around. Yeah, was... Michelle Sarimti. So cool. Good work, Titan. All right. But we apologize. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, There's been a lot going on. I've been traveling a bit. Um, We're all just working our faces off. And, yeah, excuses, excuses. We're sorry we didn't deliver like we planned to. We will continue to put these out twice a week like our our plan is. Yes. We appreciate you guys listening. So thank you to our sponsor, Larson Waste. Always hustling. Always getting things going. Always having great customer service. And that's something we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Actually, I got a phone call today from uh, from a customer that want or a, a new customer, someone that wanted to sign up. And I asked him, I said, hey, if you don't mind me asking, uh, like, why us? Because um, he, uh, fun fact, first, before he, before he, I asked him this question, he says, do you guys price match? And in this certain area, we do not price match. And uh, they were a couple dollars cheaper than what we were. And I said, yeah, I'm sorry, but we just really take, um, you know, I told him why we were at. And he was like, okay, well, that's all right. I didn't care anyways. I still wanted to use you. And I was like, oh, why is that? He goes, because I talked to my neighbor, and my neighbor said, you guys have the best customer service they have ever seen in any industry. And my mind was blown. Boom, 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 boom. And I was like, that is so impressive. And I was like, well, that is so awesome. Thank you for letting us know that. And we'll be sure and let your neighbor know we appreciate that. But I just thought that was pretty cool. Like, that's a huge compliment. In oh, any industry, ginormous. dude, like, there's oh, a yeah. lot of good customer service companies out there. So that's impressive that Trash is being recognized as one of those. Love it, dude. Yeah. That's a big shout out to Trash Should Be Private, Get Cities Out of Trash. Yes. All right, so moving on to our rants. Dallin, it's been a while. Everyone is chomping at the bit to hear what you have to rant about. Cool. So I'm going to change my rant. Oh, yeah. I figured you would. Yeah, dude. So I just want to rant a little bit about communication. And I have a, or we have a couple followers on this talk that are my wife's very good friends. And I just want to let those women guys that are listening to know that I am sorry because you'll probably hear about this. Just found out that my wife has shingles. Pretty random, pretty weird. And uh, I just want to say that communication probably could have fixed this situation or made it better. Um, And I guess what I want to talk about is how if my wife would have been a little bit more clear and direct on some of the issues she was having, I think I would have treated her differently. Doesn't it? That's not an out. I still was a dick, and I kind of wasn't like... Well, and to that point, if you would have questioned deeper and like yes. really figured out her concern. Yes. And like so, created the space yeah, for her to yeah. be and, more clear with you. And kind of what happened, my wife was just complaining about these certain pains. I told her YouTube some neck workouts because um, she's been kind of having some shoulder pain, so I thought maybe it was related to that. Come to find out she has severe shingles. Um, and it was just a bad situation, but because she didn't engage a lot on the conversation, I didn't question a lot on the conversation and together we didn't work out and it drug out to making shingles even worse and more painful. Um, so what I'm trying to get at is we can't read each other's minds. So if something is seriously wrong, um, we need to learn how to communicate that. You don't have to be overly dramatic. Just be like, Hey, this is a different kind of pain. 
and communicate that because if I don't have that information, I'm just going to, like I said, tell you to suck it up and I'm not going to know what to, I can do to help. If you're just like, I'm hurt. Oh, that's cool. So am I. I'm sore from working out. What, what do you want me to say? Yeah. And so it's really hard for people to help you. So just in whatever situation you're in, um, you can always communicate better. Things can always be understood more clearly, but it takes work on both ends of the party to do the digging. Like Garrett said, I struggle. I should have dug more. I should have been like, okay, well, why is it hurting? How is it hurting? How is this different than a normal neck pain and all that stuff? But I was kind of annoyed, like, okay, what do you want me to do? I'm not a doctor. So I officially win um, Dick Husband of the Year Award. Everyone, <laughs> I am so sorry. Uh, learn from my mistakes, ask better questions, and less pain can come of it. So. Boom. Dude, I'd say there's two words that if you're using is a good indicator that you're not communicating well. And those two words are expect. Mm -hmm. So if you expect someone to do something, you're not communicating well. Yep. And the other word is common sense. Yes. Like any time I hear the word common sense, I'm like, that person like is not communicating well. Instead of can saying I, what they want. Yeah, can I like, add another word to that? Absolutely. That's not a but exhaustive list. But I I I, uh, I learned something that when you say but, you're not l truly listening. When you say but, you're just simply saying, oh, that's cool, but you're wrong. That's not listening. Dude, something I do is I try to replace but with and. Yeah, yeah, 100%. But, like, is discrediting everything that was said before this. Yeah, yeah, 100%. You're great, we really appreciate you, but you need to work on this. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's normal language, but what that's really saying is everything I said is garbage and it's such common language that's hard to retrain yourself and i try to just use and hey i really appreciate everything you do and i think there's room for growth here yeah what do you see like that that changes so much in communication i love that you added but to that dude yeah the three words expectations but and common sense the three words <laughs> like uh, <laughs> like uh like I said, that's not an exhaustive list. You complete on your rant? Oh, yes. All right, dude. Let's hear yours. So um, mine is not going to change from our first take, and it's about intention, intentional living. Um, and it's, it's something that's tough because you have to be present and awake to it at all times because life is always going like it doesn't stop for you. And you have to be awake enough to slow life down and say, hey, Listen, what is my true intention in this, in this conversation, in this action? What does success look like here? What do I want out of this? All those different things, like it comes with living intentional, and that takes work to be awake. And I don't think work's a bad thing, but I just want to encourage everyone, like any chance you've got to pause yourself and say, what am I actually doing here, and what is the outcome I desire? And to that, there's a lot of outcomes in one situation. Like life is really dynamic. You might be having a conversation where you want that person to feel heard, you want them to feel valued, you want them to feel listened to, and also you want them to do a certain thing. Like that's, that's four intentions, and that could be, you know, just asking your wife to do the dishes. So be awake to that, and that's the only way to manage all that stuff powerfully. Can I highlight what you just said, though, um, about take a step back and be like, okay, what are my intentions and what's the intentional result? That was huge because how many times do people go, oh, okay, what are my intentions? Oh, yeah, I want to work out. But, like, 
maybe working out isn't what you want your end goal to be. Maybe you just want to be healthier, then that can be achieved by eating less sugar. Oh, yeah. So many people, like, jump to the thing to accomplish it because without being creative and actually really looking at what they uh, – it's sort of like uh, budgeting in business. Yeah. I think that's a good example. Everyone's like, oh, you're, you've got to have a budget. You should budget. Maybe not. Like, look here in result. And, like, that's just one random thing that grabbed that anywhere. But I love that you freaking added that because – that is everywhere. We do so much in life because it's what we should do, what we're supposed to, where it's like, man, if we stop and slow down, we can cut a ton of things out. We can add a ton of things. Everything can look different, but you have to be more creative about it. Yeah, and the reason I said that because if a lot of people do things because they think that's worked for someone else, but really like what you mentioned, if you're not intentional on getting clear of the actual result you want, there's a lot of reasons people do certain things for different results. So it's all about your intent, and, and sometimes that's different for every person. So you've it, got to be really intentional about it. It's that. like being wealthy with money, dude. Yes. There are a billion different ways that people have become extremely wealthy. Staying out of debt. Getting into a shit ton of debt. Like, yeah. There's a ton of different ways that people have done it. Like, so get clear on what you want, what aligns for you, and go about that way. Don't think and you have to have a And that's the biggest thing, cover. what aligns for you. Because if it doesn't work for you, then it's not going to work. But if yeah. it works for you, like you said, there's people that have gone into scary amounts of debt, but they that worked for them. They weren't stressed. They didn't give a shit. And it just worked. Yeah. And look at them now. But You want to hear a, a crazy guy read Larry Miller's book? Mm -hmm. That guy freaking, anyway. yeah, scary amount of debts. Like, so many people would be like, what an idiot, this, that, and the other. But, uh, hey. It worked for yeah, him. He achieved his goals. Yeah. So, Well, good, dude. Let's dive into this podcast because I'm actually excited about it. Recently, I've been getting questions about it. So I'm like, well, let's talk about it. We've kind of alluded to it or talked about it in different podcasts. But let's just make a podcast about that. Cool. What is it? What the topic is, is how to produce a company that consistently has customer care at the top of its list. At the top of its list. Okay. A lot like what you shared with uh, when we were talking about Larson Waste and their sponsor. And I think what happens to a lot of people is they start a business, and it's them and maybe them and a couple people, and it's really easy to be the driver of like, hey, this is how we service our customers. Um, and that's why a lot of people prefer to do business with small businesses because you're dealing with the owner right there. And he's like, nope, taking care of the customer is like, all that's on my mind where you go somewhere else – you know, you walk into Walmart, like, the person checking you out probably doesn't give a crap about, like, your experience in the store. They're just like, eh, the minimum I've got to do to, like, get through this day and not get fired. Mm -hmm. Just collect my paycheck. So the question is, how do I do this as I'm growing, as my company is expanding? How do I keep that culture to where people care about the customer? And uh, I, I think it's not just culture, but also has other things to play into it, which I shared in the last take, but I want to get your thoughts on it first. Like, yeah. how does someone go about doing that? Um, as far as creating? Yeah. So, like, if you've got a company and you're growing it, what do you think you do okay. to make sure that the customer service is always something that happens? It's not just you making it happen. Because yeah. you can't be everywhere yep. at once. Yeah, and this goes into what I believe you were going to say is uh, with that culture and creating that with uh, your employees to making sure they feel like they are talking to the owner, um, that comes along with systems. 
um, because if you don't have the systems in place to take care of the customer service, um, then you're basically talking empty promises. And that's something that's huge for us at, at Larson Waste and huge for me on the receiving end as a customer. Um, if you don't have the right systems that allow your secretary who's dealing with the complaint or the issue or the problem, whatever it might be, um, to properly take care of that in a timely manner without having to jump through a million hoops or having the customer jump through the, uh, a ton of hoops, then really you don't have a customer-friendly um, company, like yeah. you said. Um, so it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, and a lot of, um, like you said, systematic training and processes, um, whether that's um, systems and training or systems and this is what we have to do. Like a yeah, like XYZ, XYZ this is how we accomplish 100%, it. Yeah. yeah, so like what I'd say is there's, there's a systematic way to produce that and there's the culture, and you need both. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it's about a 70-30 split. 70% of that is the culture. Yes. Because people will just perform. But you've got to at least have 30% of that that the systems are in place to allow them to do that, to where it's not like it's, it's making, them diff, making it difficult for them to do that for them. And you want to know why I think that is? <laughs> because if you have that 70% of the culture like distilled into your actual people, the receiving end of the upset customer or whatever the issue is, um, they can tell when they're reading a script and when they're being genuine. Mm-hmm. So if I had a problem and the customer's like, oh, man, yeah, that sucks. I'm sorry you're in that situation. Let, let me just take care of that for you. I don't, I don't have to call my manager or this, Y, and Z. A lot of the time when they realize you're a normal person and you're hearing them for what's going wrong, they're like, oh, no, don't worry about it. I just I really wanted it to be heard and actually feel like I mattered. That's why I want your company is because mm-hmm. I want to be heard. Once people are heard, a lot of the times they don't want the issue necessarily resolved they just want it prevented to not happen again yeah they're not yeah. asking for and like, under and like hey i'm understood that there was an issue yeah and you guys recognize like that was an issue and we're gonna do something about correct. it correct yeah. yeah i agree completely and so let's jump on the first part because i think that's actually the easier part is the systematic stuff like how do you replicate replicate that in a company okay and what i would say is you've got to reverse engineer whatever you've done to create the customer experience in the past okay and so if it's like, man, when I get a personal cell phone call of someone that's like, hey, can you pick this up? I'm like, yes, I'll handle it. And so I, I go back and I do whatever I do to handle it. And I don't want to get too specific. So it could look like, oh, hey, I got a missed pickup. And so I go into the system. I schedule someone to pick it up. I give them an exact date of when they'll be there. Boom, boom, boom. And so that might be what I do personally. Now it's just putting that into a process that can be revisited by anybody it can be trained and it can be uh measured if someone did that correctly and so a lot of times it's as simple as writing that out by step by step it's like okay we get a call from a customer well you've got to get the customer account number you've got to get the customer name and then you've got to go in and schedule it you've got to look here to know when the driver's there and then step three is making that work order step four is telling the customer when that work order is scheduled so the day that they can know that we'll be count on us being there mm-hmm. and it's like boom Things handled, like, that's the system of it. And then, like you said, like, or what I was saying is that's, that's the easy thing. Like, you can build those around a bunch of different things, but there's no way you'll cover every single problem ever. Right. And so you've got to have just the culture of, hey, we take care of the customer. And, like, as far as you're concerned, I'll throw that to you. Like, if someone came up and said, hey, Dallin, how do I create a culture in my company where everyone's on board with taking care of the customer? What, what's your response there? Um, I think it, uh, a part of that starts with the actual hiring process as well. 
Um, yes, you can um, kind of train and teach that to your existing clients, but I think that's something that is kind of um, a natural talent. I think you can know right away someone that's going to genuinely genuinely care about their customers and someone that's going to be like, yo, I'm putting in my nine to five. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that has to be like your actual customer service rep has to want to be there or else when they hear there's things, it's just going to be a cool, good problem. My problem is this, this, and this. You have to have developed listening skills. Um, so it kind of starts with your actual employees. Um, and I wanted to add on to what you said real quick before we dive in the culture. Can I tell you a system that doesn't work for me real quick? Yeah. Um, I have, there's this company, I'm going to put them on blast because it was terrible. They're called Q Sciences. They're out of Utah. Um, they develop these vitamins, healthy pills, like all this special natural herb medicine. Called about a complaint. Uh, it wasn't even a complaint. I just needed a freaking refund. Like I, I had way too much and I wanted to return it. The, and it was a stupid automated thing. I sat on hold for an hour every time. Once I got a hold of the customer rep, I said, hey, I need, oh, well, I can't authorize that return. I have to have a manager call you. No, a proper system is giving, it has a lot to do with trust, which will develop into the um, culture as well, that you have to trust your employees that they're going to do the right thing and that they're going to be able to handle each situation without you there. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise the system, and like you said, there's ways for the employee to have a chart to look at, like, oh, this is this under the line. The, yeah, this yeah. is, and if it's something that's super random and severe, like you said, then they'd be like, oh, I need to talk to the customer. But having me call back every day and sit on hold for an hour just so I could get a freaking return on it to be approved was a joke. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I talked to the manager, and the manager's like, oh, yeah, well, I can't even authorize this. Like, this is a joke. Like, you truly don't care about your customers' needs or taking care of the hassle because my hassle is I don't want this. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is with that system, like, a system doesn't mean necessarily, oh, they have to do this step, then they have to do this step. No, a system is making it a, a system for your actual employee to make it as easy as possible for your customers, mm-hmm. not making the customers jump through the hoops. I think yeah. that could be misinterpreted as far as system goes. Well, and there's a balance, too, of, like, knowing um – what it uh like you've got certain things as a company that you've got to like handle oh for sure like if every one of our customer calls and says oh hey you know i want a credit like we're not just going to give that away yeah and that goes into the culture i think of the training the people that ask the right questions having the system in place so they know what questions to ask mm-hmm. so they can access that information like there's a whole bunch of like you said balancing of trust and systems that are involved in that but i don't know if i answered your first question of like the culture very well about like well yeah i would just say like the one thing that i would disagree with you on with the uh and i like when we disagree on these things because we uh do it is like yes hiring the right person is totally like critically important However, it's not just up to that person to be the right person or else you're just going to be hiring and firing, hiring and firing, hiring and firing. So you've got to be a leader for that person to produce them showing up as like, hey, even if this is a nine to five, like while I'm here, I'm committed to these customers and them having a great experience. I'm also committed to this company and it doing that. That doesn't mean that they'll work for free or do anything like that, but that they are, they have a desire to perform at their job and there's a possibility out there that someone just like no matter what you do on your side they've still got the agency to just decide not to do that Mm -hmm. and that's where having accountability and agreements and things like that comes into where it's like hey this just isn't the right place for you like obviously you don't care for for any of this and so i guess 
that like I don't know if I disagree, but how I heard that was like hire someone that's already on board with doing that. And right, I would right. say like there's like few and far between people that are on board with doing that, and you've got to produce that in them um, as a company and as a leader. And so what I'd say as as the culture goes, like a big part of it, I think, is just leading by example, like as simple as that sounds. We could talk for hours about different things. Maybe we'll have another podcast about that. But I think the biggest thing is just leading by example. If you're a leader in the company, people look to you to get their cues of how you act in a company, which that doesn't necessarily come with a job title. Sometimes that's with a job title. Sometimes it's not. Being willing, but if you own the company or running the company, that's there, like for sure. I'm just saying, like if you're a, you know, lower level employee, you've still got an opportunity if people look at you as a leader. Oh, um, yeah. However, if you're running the company and you're like, hey, I want this to be produced, if you will be an example of that, that's what starts to produce that in people. Because how many times have you or I, at six o'clock at night? Something came across us that was like, oh, this customer had this issue. And it was like, oh, yeah, we actually do need to handle that. And we go handle it. Like right then, ourselves, and what that produces in the employees around us is like, oh, that's how we do things here. And so being intentional about it and having the open discussion only goes so far. But then actually executing on it and being the example of it, I think, makes a world of difference. And I've seen that huge in our company. Like, as you and I have kind of taken that and, like, man, we see an issue and it's like we're not sure how to solve it. And, like, we'll just handle it. We've got to go take care of that customer. It's had a huge impact on everyone that sees that happening, um, how they start acting with each customer. Yeah. And what I'd like to, I don't know, maybe in this on, I want to still hear your thoughts on, but my grandpa Buck um, – told me last time I talked to him and, and you can go back and listen to the podcast he said the customer writes my paycheck so nobody messes with my customers and I think that's so true and if the employees understand that as well like that person that they're talking to on the other side of the phone is who's actually writing their paycheck then it changes how they interact with them completely yeah I just wanted to add uh, or and agree with you that what you genuinely put in is what you're going to get out and so the better example you can be to your employees and the more they understand what you just said that technically that customer on the phone is not only writing their paycheck but your paycheck and everyone's paycheck there's a lot more care that's going to go into that because everyone likes to get paid and no one likes to get money taken away from so I totally agree that it's it's a system of making people understand that who's responsible and like truly who's writing the paycheck. So if mm -hmm. I think if you can do that within your company and get really clear on that, I love what, you know, grandpa Buck said, like customers definitely write your paycheck. Yeah. That's the only reason. That's how know, we get our money. How everyone gets their money. So yeah. Good job. Cool. Love that. Um, I think it'd be cool to bring, let's look for someone that we know that's got a uh, business with awesome customer service. Let's bring yeah. them on. Get yeah. And thoughts. if you think you're uh, one of those people that has that awesome business with customer service, we would love to have one of our guests or fans or viewers um, join us on the podcast and tell us a little about how you guys started your customer service. Cause it's always good hearing from you guys. Heck yeah. Love guys. Hit us up. Garrett, the trash man across the platforms. Take it easy. Peace.